everybody, my name's Allison Powell and I'm an actor filmmaker and I am gonna walk you through the five steps to get your project from script to screen. And I'm mainly gonna be talking about shorter projects, short films or web series. There's a lot of information about how to get independent features made and while it's essentially the same steps, they're a lot more in depth and you have a lot more variables that you're dealing with. But there's not a ton of information about how to make a short project or a small budget project. And there's a lot of people that'll just say, go make your movie, like get friends together, go shoot it on your iPhone, which is great and totally doable. But sometimes it's like, I don't know what to do. What are the steps? How do I make it happen? And that's certainly where I was coming from when I started making shorter projects. And so I am gonna explain to you everything that you need to know. First step when you're making a short project is to determine what your budget is. I always tell people your budget is the money that you have, whether that's the money that you have in your savings account, the money that you can put aside from your check every week, or the money that you crowdfund and raise with the help of friends. It's always gonna be the money that you have. Anything is possible on any budget. Some things are just easier with more money or easier to achieve with less money. Your budget is determined by what you wanna do with the project at the end. So think about that. If you just wanna make a project to learn how to get a project together, what it means to be on set, test out producing something, test out if you like directing, see if you wanna get some horror footage for your reel or dramatic footage for your reel, I highly recommend spending less money. You are going to learn the same lessons if you spend $250 or if you spend $2,500. And it's way better to learn the lessons on the $250 project than on the $2,500 project. So think about what you wanna do with your end goal. If you wanna submit it to festivals, if you want it to be sort of a proof of concept for a feature or pitching a pilot, then you probably wanna spend a little bit more money. You're just gonna get a slightly higher quality project. You're gonna be able to rent better equipment and locations and make it look really, really nice. If you just wanna make a project to learn how to do it, you can spend 60 bucks. I made five projects for $60 to $150 and I learned almost everything I need to know about producing doing those projects. So it's totally possible. When you're thinking about your project, think about the end goal and that's gonna determine what your budget is. And again, your budget is the money that you have. Anything's possible for any amount, it just might take more work. Your budget, when you're putting it together, I put all my budgets together in Google Sheets, just as a spreadsheet. So basically an Excel document. That way you can also put in all of the formulas. So I can say it's gonna be a two day shoot. I'm paying my director $200 a day. So 200, two days, and then I can put in a formula here to multiply those days or add the column. So then I have a running tally going as well and it should look something kind of like this. If you're only spending money for food, you might not even need to put together a budget, but it's always a good practice to try and do it. One of the first bigger projects that I made, I never made a formal budget, and now when people ask me how much money I spent on it, I don't have an answer. And it would have been great to know and a great way to track what I was spending and what I was spending it on. So even if it's a tiny project, go ahead and put together a little spreadsheet. Again, you might as well learn on a smaller project where you're spending less money than on something where you're spending between eight and $10,000. The second thing to do for your project is to hire crew. You only have to hire crew people 
one person at a time. When I was first starting out, I feel like I got overwhelmed because it's like you need a sound person and a camera person and a lighting person and a makeup artist and do you need somebody to do costumes and who's gonna handle props and what's production design and it's so overwhelming. When I did pretty much all of my first projects, I hired just one person at a time. That's all it takes. And usually if you get that one person on board and they're really excited and excited to be involved in the project, they're gonna start making suggestions of other crew people that they know that they can bring on board. So you really only need to know one person or reach out to one person. When I made a Black Widow fan film, I reached out to someone initially to be the first assistant director because I knew he was a big comic book fan and I knew he'd be excited about the project. And I said, here's my idea, here's the script, do you wanna meet up and talk about it? And he's the one who actually said, hey, I really wanna direct something. And if I get to direct it, then my friend who's a director of photography wants to work with me, so I'll bring him on. And he's got connections to lights and he has connections to camera and he's gonna hire everybody in the g &E department. So again, one person, it's very, very simple. You also wanna hire kind of from the top down. So you wanna hire your director first, if that's not gonna be you. You are the producer, no matter what, so you're hiring everybody. You may wanna hire another producer if you want a little more help and assistance in going through this step by step, but you certainly don't have to. But hire your director. Your director may have an opinion or then wanna choose their director of photography. The director of photography might have a gaffer that they wanna work with or a first AC. So it's better to hire kind of from the top down so that then you're not saying to a director, well, I've already hired this DP, so you have to work with them. Or I've already hired this gaffer, so you're gonna just have to make it work. Ideally, that way everybody knows who everybody is, how to work well together, and all of those things. You want your crew and your set to be a really cohesive structure, and I really like my sets to be a fun place to come and work. Because especially when you're not spending that much money, you're maybe not paying people anything, or you're paying them a very reduced rate, it's a huge help to at least make it somewhere fun to hang out for the day. Since you've already put together your budget, what you're able to spend and what you're willing to spend, you'll know what you'll be able to pay crew people when you're hiring them. And it is very key to be just upfront and honest with what the rate is. If it's free, if it's nothing, if it's just gas money, if it's 50 bucks, when you're hiring someone, just always be honest. There's no point in going around and saying, do you wanna work for me? Like, yeah, it's paying, but it's really only paying $50. Just say it's paying, it's a very low rate, it's X amount. That way everybody knows what they're getting upfront. And if somebody can't work for that rate, ideally they tell you right away and you don't get offended, you don't get upset, you don't tell them why it's a terrible mistake and your movie's gonna be amazing and then are gonna regret not working for you. You just say, thank you so much. Hopefully we find something to work on together in the future and let them go. You can always find somebody that is able to work with your budget. It might not be the first person that you ask, but since you have that budget together and you know what you're able to spend, you can say that upfront when you're hiring crew people. If you have any sort of flexibility in your budget or the director of photography is saying, oh, I need X amount and you really wanna work with them, then that's kind of up to you and that's on a project to project basis but be upfront about the rate that you're offering people. The third thing that you're gonna need to do is find a place to film. This is hugely determined by you and the script. And the reason that I say by you is because you as a filmmaker have personal connections that I might not know about, your director might not know about, another producer might not know about. And if you have those connections and you're able to use them to get a place to film, 
perfect. You might be able to film in a mansion for free or a bar for free or in a swimming pool for free. It all depends on who you know and where they live and what they have access to. So if you know that you have a friend who has a backyard with a trampoline in it and that is the specific thing that you need for your script, then you have to reach out to that friend and see if they're willing to let you go and film there. And it could be a totally reasonable location. If you don't have a ton of connections and you're wanting to make something just for practice or for a lower budget, then ideally you write it somewhere that you do have access to, that you know about. So maybe that's just in your apartment, in your house, you know, get creative. Maybe it's not the dining room table, maybe it's the bathroom, maybe it's the kitchen, maybe it's the backyard, maybe it's up on the roof or on the porch, on the balcony, but you're going to need to find somewhere to film it. The other thing to keep in mind is that a lot of people who don't work in the film industry don't know that our days are 12 to 12 and a half hours long because you should never ever go over 12 and a half hours if you can at all help it. Do not go over time. If you remember nothing else, remember that. So if you're reaching out to your mom's old college roommate who has a trampoline in her backyard that has a giant sprinkler and a fountain and that's everything that you need for your script, Make sure that she knows you might need to be there from 7 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. and make sure that they are okay with that. If you don't have a friend who has a castle or a swimming pool or owns a mini golf course or whatever you need, you can look at places like Peerspace and RatPal. They're really good location resources and also just Yelp. Calling up local restaurants, local cafes, local shops is a great way to get a location for filming. Anywhere that's independently owned is gonna be a lot easier to deal with than somewhere that's a chain. The fourth thing that you're gonna to need to do is rent equipment. Sometimes when you're hiring crew, you might ask the DP or the sound person or the production designer or whoever what gear they already have and what are they willing to bring. Sometimes a DP is willing to bring their camera onto the project and reduce the rental fee or maybe even bring it on for free if they really like the project, but you're gonna wanna ask them that. You know, Do you have a camera? Do you wanna film this project on your camera? Do you have lenses? Are you willing to use those lenses on the project? If they're not, totally fine. They might say, you know, I do have a camera, but it, this is gonna look way better on uh, red and I only have a black magic, or it's gonna look better on this camera or that camera. There's a whole bunch about equipment that they might throw at you. And the thing to know is you don't need to know all the answers and everything about equipment. You just need to get a list from them of what they need rented. And again, this is a place where you should be really upfront with your budget with them. So I have $600 for camera and lenses. What do you need? and what can we get for about that budget. Once they send you over a list, you can look at places like ShareGrid and KitSplit because they are more affordable typically than rental houses for getting equipment and you can just copy and paste the list into the search bar, one item at a time. If you're not finding what you need or it's turning into piecing a bunch of equipment from you know 20 places all over town, you can also forward that list over to a rental house. Typically rental houses are camera gear, like camera, lenses, tripods, items like that, and then a rental house for lights. So C-stands, lights, sandbags, things of that nature. So you may end up renting from two different rental houses. Totally normal, totally fine. If you find a place where you can rent everything at once, 
do that that's amazing when i reach out to a rental house i usually just forward or copy and paste the equipment list over to them from the email that i've gotten from my crew the rental house will email me back and say here's the quote here's you know all the equipment that we have and here's what it'll cost you it's very rarely the amount that I am able or willing to spend. So sometimes it's totally out of the ballpark and it's just not possible. Sometimes it's pretty close. And at that point you can absolutely email the rental house back and say, this is great. I actually only have $600 to rent this equipment. Are you able to go to 600? Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Maybe they can go to 650 and you think you can pull $50 from somewhere else in the budget. Great. If it's something that's totally out of the ballpark and that's been out of the ballpark on ShareGrid, KidSplit, with every rental house that you reach out to, at that point you might have to reach back out to your crew and just say, I don't think that we're gonna be able to afford all of this equipment. What can you live without? What do we absolutely need? Rental houses are great and they usually will work with you, again, as long as you are upfront and honest. The last thing that you need to do, and it's not always the last, all of these steps are intermixed, is picking a date to film. For me, there's two methods to picking a date to film. One is just sort of picking an arbitrary date that works for you and maybe the location, but definitely one that works for you and saying, this is the day. I'm gonna be ready to film and I'm giving myself a deadline and we are filming June 4th. Then when you're hiring crew, you're hiring the location, you're renting equipment, everything you want June 4th. Then when you're talking to crew members, if they're not available June 4th, again, you can say, thank you so much. Maybe we'll find another project to work on. We're shooting June 4th. The other way you can pick a day to film is by your crew. So maybe there's some crew members that you really wanna work with or a director or a DP. In that scenario, you say to everybody, okay, we're all on board, we all wanna make this project. What days are everyone available? And ideally, they give you a couple of different options because maybe almost everyone is available June 4th, but a couple people aren't. But everyone is available on June 6th. So then you can go film on June 6th. Of course, you wanna be confirming with your location that they're available that day, again, for 12 to 12 and a half hours on that day. If your friend's like, yeah, you can film here on June 6th, but we have a party at 3 p.m., well, maybe you can't actually film there on June 6th then. Maybe you need to see if people can film June 7th. As I was saying, all of these stages overlap, they intermingle. You don't necessarily have to do them in order. Mostly in order is helpful, you know, starting with your budget, finding your crew, finding your locations, your equipment. Picking a day to film really doesn't have to come last, be somewhere in the mix, but all of these steps you wanna do before you get on set and start filming. Even if you're making a project for $60, that money should go towards food. You always wanna have water, coffee, and really good food on set. That's just a great way to show your appreciation. You're taking care of your crew. Everybody's hydrated, eating, they're happy, they've got caffeine. Also, if you're not spending a ton of money, it's a great idea to reach out to your crew beforehand and ask if they have any snacks that they really like that they'd love to have on set. It's a great way, again, just to show your appreciation. Hey, I remember that you really like dried mango. Here's some dried mango for you. I am a hot tea drinker, not a coffee drinker, so I love when sets have a hot water kettle and some tea bags. That's how I keep my energy up, so ask that too. You know, does everybody here drink coffee or do we need to have a tea kettle on set? It is a huge help for me when there's a tea kettle on set. But don't skimp on sound. 
that's gonna make your project stand out. Even if you spend $100 on it and you have good sound on your project, it's gonna look like you spent a lot more money. I'm Allison Powell. Thanks so much for watching and go make your movie now that you know how to do it.